Welcome to AI Spectrum, where we discuss an entire range of artificial intelligence topics. I'm Thomas Dewey, your host. In this series, we're talking to experts across Siemens that apply AI technology to their products. Today, we're very happy to have Roberto Di Polito, product manager at Siemens, who works on digital factory optimization solutions. Welcome, Roberto. Hello, Tom. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. So I thought I'd get started at a higher level before we dive into your what you work that you do at Siemens and wanted to start with what inspired your personal interest in AI. Well, Tom, I have been always a, a very curious person and especially I've been curious about how machines can mimic human behavior, more specifically how they can learn how we do things from a large amount of information and possibly figure out somehow what is the relevant part that we are interested into. So I think I got enlightened when during the university studies, I stumbled into an exam talking about neural networks. At that time, it was maybe too early to do anything with them, but that's where uh, all started. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme that people are either at college or somewhere, and then all of a sudden they accidentally come across something that really piques their interest. (laughs) (laughs) How do you see the effects of AI on the industrial industry in general? Well, personally, I believe that AI can serve a number of purposes if it is used properly. We can use a hammer to fix something or to crash it. AI is a little bit like this. It's a tool. It's a very powerful tool in our hands, and it can have a large impact on how we do the things if we use it properly. I believe that the largest impact will be that it will allow engineers to focus more and more on their engineering task without the need of becoming expert in uh, scripting, in AI, or in too many other things that... uh, may drift them away from uh, the engineering task they have. But I think if we stop thinking that AI is a magic wand that can do everything we want, then we can definitely benefit from, I would say, its real magic behind the scenes. That's a great observation. So you're the, the product manager of a product called Heeds. Can you describe the product and how you use AI ML? Yeah, HEADS is a a product of the ISW portfolio, and it is a special type of tool, as it can be considered a little bit as the glue that automates the execution of uh, simulation tools together and provides also the intelligence that exploits the simulation results to find uh, better designs faster. So large companies like Ford or uh, Beckton Dickinson say that HEADS is for them a game-changing technology because it helps them to improve their development product and also get quality much faster. So in a nutshell, HEADS is is a powerful automation and design space exploration package. That's the core DNA of the product. And it allows the simultaneous execution of uh, simulation tools. So we are not doing simulation ourselves, but we are using these simulation tools and automating them. And together with this, also the design space exploration. And that's 
where also our AI interest comes across. HIDS is a tool really that can be used by all designers, all type of engineers from like beginners up to the very expert uh, ones in all the phases of the product development process. So it's a rather transversal type of tool and it can really help design engineers to do more their engineering job. And I will say since last year, finally, we have been extending the product with uh, a number of AI techniques that I hope I can uh, share more with you now. It'd be interesting to hear what those techniques are. Yeah, the techniques that we have are mostly focused on machine learning. You know that AI is a broad field, includes a lot of uh, different things that go from expert rules, decision trees, uh, down to clustering, classification, and down the road also to deep neural networks. In HEATS, we have been focusing mainly on uh, machine learning and in the near future, also on deep neural networks and the world around them. More specifically, I will say machine learning has always been like in the HEATS DNA from the very beginning. As a tool, HEATS provides a cutting-edge optimization strategy called Sherpa, which is pretty known. It's one of the best optimization strategies on the market. And in its core parts, it is a machine learning strategy. It effectively learns automatically and adapts to the problem that you have. So if you want to optimize a component, a mechanical component, then you either know all the algorithms that are available outside there and you know how to tune them, or you can have Sherpa that does this for you. And in this sense, it is part of the machine learning approach that we want. So this brings quite a big boost in uh, the productivity of uh, the engineer because they don't need to be an optimization expert. Essentially, Sherpa, being a machine learning capability, learns about the problem and adapts to it. So I will say this is like a big benefit that you can get. But of course, if you are if you are an expert, then you can get even more benefits uh, from using it. So I will say that the key benefit that we can get from AI in general is that, and machine learning in particular, is that it learns your problem for you. But it's not kicking you out of the process. So Many people maybe fear that AI will take our jobs tomorrow. I'm not of those. I think that AI, machine learning will be really powerful tools that will assist us to do our job better. So in this sense, machine learning automates a lot of the knowledge discovery process. So we can learn more, better, and make more sense out of it than what we can do now by ourselves only. That's a good approach. Use AI to augment existing jobs, not replace jobs, basically. And so when people you employ HEADS, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about the benefits, but you know, the AI or in particular the ML portion of HEADS, how does that help the daily the customer get the product out and increase their productivity? Being Sherpa part of our DNA. We have decided to bring this concept and this approach to other tools that we have. So we have developed a new machine learning 
strategy that, when applied to engineering problems, allows to extract an information that is different from the one that Sherpa does. Sherpa is made for optimization, but not everyone wants to do optimization. Many people want to find their critical cases. Others want to find where their solution is feasible, so it's not violating constraints, or where discontinuities are. Think about, for example, autonomous vehicles. In the case of autonomous vehicles, a designer wants to know when the vehicle is failing. Uh, can you imagine if you are in a car and you don't have uh, full control on the car because you are at uh, full automation in autonomous vehicles? You want to make sure that the vehicle is behaving properly all the times in every condition. And to do this, you need to really test a lot. What if you can have a tool that automatically finds these cases? That will be helping a lot without you being necessarily an expert of all the specific uh, conditions that will drive your autonomous vehicle in a critical state. So what we have developed is a, a machine learning strategy that we call it adaptive sampling, which is, again, learning the problem from you. That is, it learns about the design and it continuously maximizes the amount of information and knowledge that is extracted from the simulation process. So you have your autonomous vehicle, you put it in a, a scenario where you want it to behave properly, and you run a simulation out of it. You want to make sure that you learn the most out of this uh, process. And once you have it, then you can learn where you need to improve your product if you are having a, like an accident or something like this. So there are, of course, a lot of applications where this can be of use. For example, digital twins, edge case detection, feasible regions, surrogate modeling, and so on. All these can get a very big benefit out of these um, approaches. You gave the example of autonomous vehicles. Are there any other examples in industry that you can talk about that customers apply your technology? Well, autonomous driving is a big challenge. If you allow me, I would like to spend a few more words on that because it's really putting a big challenge on top of the of the designers. The potential benefits that it can bring are, are known to everyone. But having an autonomous vehicle drive safe and comfortable is really a complex engineering challenge. And we can have engineering challenges that are complex in many other fields, in drones, in autonomous vehicles of any kind. It's not only a car, it can be a boat, it can be a plane. And all these challenges are uh, really putting the engineer in a, in a difficult situation to find these uh, unpredictable situations where you can have uh, extreme weather or a pedestrian jumping in front of the car from a blind spot. And when the interaction with the other vehicles on the road may turn out to become dangerous, then you need to know what to do. Finding and detecting all these cases is definitely not an easy job. And it requires millions of simulations to be performed if you want to gain enough confidence that you are not doing a mistake. How can machine learning help these situations? 
Well, other cases that you can think of maybe in the design of complex systems like uh, turbines for energy production. Uh, there can be any other complex system in a car or in electronics. Similar situations will always be tested against adverse conditions. And whenever you need to find something that is a little bit a needle in the hay to find, then machine learning can help you out. In this sense, the technique that we have developed in HEADS allows you to really focus on the modeling aspect. So what the engineer has to do is prepare a very accurate and good simulation model of what he needs to simulate and understand. And then once it is there, then uh, you can automate the execution of this tool and give it to the machine learning algorithm. The machine learning will dig into this, will automate the execution of this uh, simulation tool and extract information out of it. So basically, you know, the normal simulation, you're throwing known test cases, but in the case of autonomous vehicles of any kind, it sounds like more what you're looking for are the outliers. We are looking for these situations that um, we call edge cases that are a little bit outliers, but they are also putting the vehicle at a challenge. So it may not be like an extreme weather condition. It can be just rainy, a bit wet, and then suddenly a pedestrian jumps on in front of the car from a place that you don't see. So this is maybe not necessarily an extreme situation, but it's definitely an, an undesirable event, something that you want to avoid. How you find all these cases, all these situations, that's the challenge that we can delegate to the machine learning. So the process is, I will say, again, rather easy. All starts with the designer focusing on the modeling and simulation. And then once the model is ready, then, um, for example, let's think about a lane change situation for an autonomous vehicle. This is a situation where you have an autonomous vehicle that is going on the road, and then there is another vehicle that is about to change the lane and move in front of your vehicle. What happens in this situation? Either you brake, you change the lane, or you just do nothing because the difference in speeds between the two vehicles would never give an impact. So you need to test this type of condition in different speeds, different weather conditions, different lightning, and many other parameters that can characterize the scenario. However, the designer needs to find the challenging ones and answer questions like, uh, if a vehicle is stepping in front of my car, at what speed is this dangerous? Can the braking system brake hard enough to avoid the collision? Or should I consider another maneuver to avoid the other vehicle? These type of questions usually are answered by running millions of simulations, really hunting for the specific uh, condition. But in a machine learning environment, adaptive sampling will allow you to learn from your problem, understand the physics, understand the context, see where the danger, dangerous situations are, and hunt for this very particular cases. And then they will present you with a map 
of where these edge cases are. And that's, I would say, the nice part of machine learning because you are still in charge of what you need to do and what you need to learn. But machine learning, and in this case, adaptive sampling is presenting you with a model of the knowledge, a model of the information, which is where you have an accident or where you have a dangerous condition that he it generated automatically. So you don't need to go and hunt for this. You can save a lot of simulations and you can get an accurate representation of where the problem is. Think about it a little bit like an autofocus in a camera. You know, autofocus at the beginning, maybe the picture is blurry and you don't see all the details. Machine learning starts with this. It starts with the blurry picture of your problem and then automatically focuses in order to gain as much information as possible from the simulation tool. So once you have this picture, this, I'll say, map of your knowledge, then it's, again, the time for the engineer to decide what to do. It's fine, it's a good situation, or should I change my design? And I think people in the audience that aren't familiar with simulation, when we're talking millions or billions of simulations, once you reach that level, there's probably a good chance that you'll never complete your product because it will take too long to simulate. So the idea the idea of narrowing down your simulation space and creating a lot fewer simulations is a very powerful thing in a production cycle. Yeah, of course, there is no free lunch here. Don't uh, be misled by this. Machine learning is a powerful tool, uh, but it still needs simulations. This still needs data to come in order to understand and to learn. That was my next question. If the user simulations aren't very adequate and is, is there a way to augment the data or and where does the data come from for the training? In this case, data can come from different sources. It can come from experimental information like recording of the car driving or um, experiments that you do on uh, on your turbines, you gain a lot of information. And this data can be used to discover like potential cracks in your structure or um, potential glitches in your control algorithm that may lead to an accident and so on. But more in general, it can come also from simulations. So having simulations that are as close as possible to the real world will produce a lot of data in a much cheaper way than the experimental part and will allow the designer to get the information that that is needed to keep the passengers safe and comfortable. So again, the more complex the problem becomes, the more simulations you will need, the more tests probably you will need. But overall, if you use machine learning, you will need a lot less simulations and a lot less tests than without it. And that's because machine learning maximize the amount of knowledge and information that can be extracted from each simulation, from each test that you perform. And are any customers in your work looking at any synthetic data to augment the database? HITS is a tool that is made to be used by a lot of different customers. We do work with customers in the car manufacturing and in the autonomous vehicle context, of course, and they 
use experimental data like camera recordings, sensor recordings, to build a digital twin of the car, of the vehicle, or of the situation. So this is um, a way to support those customers by means of heats to bring all the data together, provide it to an algorithm that is AI-based and that can make sense out of this data, find the implicit relationships, and share it with the designer to take the right uh, design decisions. So yes, there is a a lot of data that can be used and probably it's there without being leveraged yet that machine learning can go and crunch to find all these relations that uh, um, the designer needs to have a better designer and designed and faster. That's interesting. So basically you're saying that some customers are sitting on some data and they don't even know that they can use it in in your solution. (laughs) Yes, I will say yes. And it's not necessarily their fault. Sometimes these powerful techniques are very hard to use. Like um, AI and machine learning, you can do a lot of good things. But I believe that main challenge with these techniques to use the data that you are sitting on is the packaging how they are brought to the desk of of the engineer. So there is a main challenge in packaging a powerful set of technologies into a product that can be used by all engineers in all stages of the design process. That's not easy. You don't need to have only a powerful engine. You need to really to make sure that it's controllable by the person that uh, needs to use it. So my challenge as a product manager is to provide an easy to use but yet powerful user interface have cutting edge mathematics behind the scenes and deliver all this to both experts and non-experts if i meet this challenge then this data can be really a kind of treasure to uh, to leverage for the engineer it's not easy eh? But especially when dealing with something quite innovative like AI and machine learning, I think that uh, we really need to take the challenge. And I will say that so far we have done quite good work in delivering for the optimization purposes and for now for autonomous vehicles and for these machine learning techniques, we are doing our best to, to make it easy so that you don't need to be an expert to use machine learning but you can make it uh, immediately productive for you. Speaking of challenges, were, were there any other challenges that you found trying to utilize AI and ML in, in your software product other than the usability? I think also this uh, meat that AI is a kind of magic wand that can do everything that you want. A lot of people believe that uh, if it is AI powered, then it can do some magic and give you the solution in a snap of a finger. And then maybe if you open the box, you see that it's not really AI, but it's a a list of if then else clauses. So it's, I think that the challenge is also a bit cultural, a mindset that needs to change a little bit to use AI as a tool and not as a solution. And really may leverage the, power that this tool can put in your hands. So in a way, AI is kind of giving you some 
superpowers, but you need to make sure that you are not uh, relying too much on these techniques to be the only thing that will solve your problem. You still need to to focus on the engineering problem, on the engineering challenge, and leverage these techniques for the best for your problem. That's a real common theme with everybody involved with AI. I just attended a seminar, and that was the, the clear message. It's focus on your business problem and let AI be the tool to help you solve it, but don't focus on AI. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, it's a mindset shift that has to happen to less believe it's a magic thing. It is not magic, but it can be very powerful. If you can tell people what your thoughts are on applying, you know, these AI ML technologies to your product going into the future. I think that in the future, these AI techniques will become better and better in supporting engineers in their daily tasks. So engineers eventually will be able to do better things because smarter techniques and faster computational times will allow them to have more information to take better decisions, to know and discover information that they can do also discover, but it will take too much time. The use of AI will uh, make this information available in a much faster way. So. I believe that uh, in the future, AI technologies will be better and better in supporting the engineers do their work smarter and faster, but they will never replace the engineer himself or herself. It is still, AI cannot capture the creative process of, of the human. It can mimic it, but it cannot replace it. So we still need engineers, very good engineers, and with AI techniques in the future, they will become much faster in delivering high quality, safe products. I think that's an excellent message and a good way to wrap up. So thanks so much today. I learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners will too. And thanks for joining us, Roberto. Thank you, Tom, for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. 